0: Many of us in some form or another watch professional athletes, and I think that we're always impressed with the focus that it takes for them to get to the point where they're at. But what happens after that career ends? Today's episode, we have a guest who is a professional athlete, but also himself and others transitioning to the business world. A lot of great lessons in this episode. Make sure to listen to the end. We'll see you inside. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan, and in every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing, So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous, and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock in the a.m. and the p.m. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the a.m. p.m. podcast.
1: Hey guys, Bradley Sutton from Helium 10 here. Quick message. If you're an FBA business owner, you've maybe put thousands of hours of hard work into growing your business. But what happens when you've grown it as much as you can and you don't have the time or resources to take it to that next level? Well, that's where Thrasio comes in. They acquire category-leading FBA brands from small business owners just like you. They've got the experience of acquiring over 125 Amazon businesses, and they've seen it all when it comes to managing and growing an Amazon brand. So if you're thinking about selling your FBA business, visit Thrasio.com forward slash Helium 10 to connect with Thrasio's deals team. That's Thrasio.com, T-H-R-A-S-I-O.com forward slash Helium 10 for more information on if your brand is a good fit for Thrasio. Hey
0: everybody, this is Tim Jordan and you're listening to the AM PM podcast. Welcome to the episode. We talk about all things entrepreneurship, but not everybody that is an entrepreneur or business leader started that way. And our guest today coming from France, where he's recording right now, is going to talk about his journey from a non-business world to a business world. I think it's something that we all run into. It's something that a lot of us that, that maybe be listening to this podcast have had to struggle with at some point. And this guest was actually a pro athlete. And when we think about pro athletes moving into business, we think of big names like Shaquille O'Neal, these moguls that turn into great titans of industry. But my experience has been through you know personal relations I've had that most athletes or semi pro athletes have a really hard time transitioning because... They've spent their entire life, you know, high school and their collegiate career and then after focusing on sports and not focusing on or learning about things like business. So sometimes it's a little tough transition. The good news is these athletes often have some really great life lessons, some really great wisdom, some really great drive and focus and habits that allow them to do very well at business. So some of that transitions over and makes it a little bit easier. But let's go ahead and welcome Lucas. Lucas, nice to meet you.
2: Hey, team, Uh, it's best being on your show. Thank you
0: for having me. So I know that there's a lot of really great information that you want to share in this episode. And you're even doing some cool things like right now, like running an entrepreneurship incubator that's making great strides in what it's doing. And you're doing a lot of digital marketing and digital branding for professional athletics teams even. And we want to get into all of that. But first, I want to hear your story, right? You're in France, but you're originally from Argentina. You are by by profession a rugby player which automatically makes you one of the toughest guys in the world <laughs> in my <laughs> opinion right so let's take like 5 or 10 minutes here and i just want to hear your story tell us how you started in argentina playing rugby to to where we're at right now
2: sure thank you for the introduction and a bit about myself uh, as you said I, i'm from argentina um, when I was a kid or when I was younger, I had, I had a dream to become a professional athlete, a professional rugby player. I knew that uh, back home there were no professional teams, so that I had to go somewhere else if I wanted to fulfill my dream. I worked hard uh, to get that opportunity, uh, probably waited uh, more than I wanted. because Sometimes things don't come easily or don't, don't come Whenever you, you expect them. Uh, but I, when I was back in 2015, I actually got an offer from a professional club here in France, um, second division, uh, which is completely professional, uh, to join them. Uh, it was middle of the season for them, so they needed me pretty quick. They actually called me one day and they said, Hey, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in. I mean, come me in. Okay, I'll send you a ticket. You fly tonight. It's like, shocked right i mean okay i mean just get a get a bye say bye to my family to my girlfriend see you soon and just hop on a plane and came to france that day
0: you'll have to educate me here because i i don't know a ton about rugby because i'm an american and we don't play rugby but when i think of argentina i don't think of rugby obviously i think of soccer um you just said that argentina doesn't have a professional rugby program so how did you get involved and how did you decide like rugby was for you? And was that actually tough being in a country where it's not heavily focused on?
2: Actually, people might might not know, but rugby is quite a big sports park in Argentina. I mean, it's, of course, it's not soccer, uh, which everyone plays soccer, even myself. I even tried for a year uh, when I was young. I, uh, I played one of the big teams in Argentina just to try and see see what happened. But the atmosphere, the values, the, the place is not the same. I mean, I'm not judging, but I didn't feel myself comfortable. And when I, when I think of rugby, when I, when I speak of rugby, um, I think of it like a family, my home. And that's what rugby is for me. And uh, to most of the people that have been into the sport some way or another, because you, you can be into rugby without actually playing, you can be supporting, you can be helping. There's lots of ways to become part of that family. And uh, it's like if we speak the same language. Uh, So there's no language barriers between us, and we we connect right away. And you immediately feel part of that big family, no matter where you are, no matter where you come from. Uh, There's that synergy between us that makes a difference. And that's one of the things I love the most about rugby, is that uh, feeling part of something a lot bigger than ourselves.
0: So you got called up, you jump on a plane, you're going to France with less than a day's warning.
2: Yeah. And uh, from then, that was like six years ago. And uh, I'm still in France. I'm still playing professional rugby. Uh, But once, I mean, I played like for a whole season uh, doing just that, right? So I was focusing 100% on rugby. By the end of that season, I started asking myself, because I was always like a bit, you know, not anxious, but I always wanted more. I'm a big competitor, so uh, um, I asked myself, do do I want to just play rugby, or do I want to do something else? So I started studying management. I did like a two and a half career, uh, two and a half year career online. And again, once I finished, while I was continued to play, um, I had that feeling that I wanted something else. So I, I started looking to get in, more involved into the business world. I was involved already some some way or another because when I was back in Argentina, um, when I was 18, I founded a catering company uh, which I had for like seven years. Um, I also funded with my wife uh, a, a shop, a shoe shop with our personal designs. Um, so I always consider myself an entrepreneur. And um, again, when, when, when that moment came to decide, what else am I doing about, uh, apart from rugby, um, this opportunity to join the incubator came. Uh, I met the founder, uh, Dole Meinhorn, and uh, we connected right away. He, what he's building, what, what, what we are doing, uh, completely blew my mind off and uh, I wanted to be a part of that challenge, part of that adventure. Um, and we've actually—it's very interesting what you what you said about uh, what am I going to do when I end my career? How do I transition from one thing to the other? And <clears throat> um, we've asked us that question ourselves, and we we kind of frame it in a different way, and we said, why do we need to finish one to begin the other one? So we put um, a system in place that allows our rugby players to play professionally, but also to become a part of the of the club on the business development side. So they are actually working for a private company at the same time that they are playing professional rugby. And since we manage both sides, we can actually uh, play around with the with the amount of time that you invest on one side or on the other.
0: And is that pretty unusual for professional athletics to also be, you know, encouraged to focus their time on something else? Because this seems like it—it it seems like it might not work. Like it seems like most professional teams would not want this going on. Is that accurate?
2: I think we are the only ones. I, I don't want to be uh, egocentric, but I don't think there's anyone else that's doing exactly what we're doing. Because um, most of the teams are either amateurs, semi-professionals, which. The only, uh, what does that mean? Probably that they pay their players a little bit for playing, but then they have a a job on the side, uh, a regular job. Uh, And for us, it's like we are playing professionally. So we train three, four times a week during the day, during working hours. And when we are not training, we are at the office, we're working, so we just balance that out to to make it work. I think that's pretty unique. And um, we, why we did it, because there's also uh, this um, feeling of belonging uh, that's very important. So we are actually uh, helping the team. We are a small team in France, right? We are in the fifth division, actually. Uh, and our objective is to actually get to the at least... Uh, second division which is professional Uh, but there's a long road right? Uh, What we're building is pretty big so we need to give ourselves the means to do it and if you get players involved in the business development side and they are on and off the pitch the results uh, we believe are much bigger because that feeling of belonging, of involvement uh, makes them work harder on both sides
0: and I understand that there are so many attributes that athletes have, you know, professional athletes that make them good at a lot of things in life. Right. And I understand, you know, what you're saying, not many people are making that, that bridge, making that connection of transitioning ath- athletes to business. Uh, and I think it's great that you're, you're trying to attempt to do that and that it's working so far, but let's talk a little bit about like some of the things that you've learned as a professional athlete that has made you better in life at business. Right. Right. I know that you call rugby the school of life. Yeah. Can you explain what that means?
2: I think it teaches you not just how to play rugby, but actually how to leave. Um, I think you get values out of rugby that are way more important than just sports that can be put into different contexts like business or life in general that are very, very important and that make you different uh again i don't want to sound egocentric but uh there are a couple of values that you are being taught ever since you're a kid so i started playing rugby when i was six five six and ever since i remember my coaches telling me uh I ha- rugby was for friends for instance was for that sense of family that i that i spoke before and uh you, the, the people I speak to today and uh, my friends my actual real friends my group of people that I love that'll i do anything for them they're all from rugby uh, and some of them I've, I've met them um, 25 years ago and I'll do anything for them because I mean, they the they've done it for me and I know that I can count them no matter what and that that sense of um, friendship but it's much more than just friendship I, I like to call it family uh, but it's actually the family that you pick you, you, real family you get it, uh, you love it but this is actually the people you you, you choose to be with that you choose to, to have a, a relationship with and that's a very strong feeling that makes you do uh, unnatural things makes you Go over the finish line and makes you want to push harder for the one that you ha- you have beside you. That happens through sports, and uh, I think rugby is a great example of that. And um, you said that we are pretty tough. We we kind of are, but not not because of ourselves, but because we've got fourteen people around us that need us, and that and that's something that anyone that played a, a, a team sports knows that um, you're needed you you need to do your job in a team if not then someone else has to do it for you and they'll be doing both things at the same time that cannot work but if I have to I'll do it for you because I love you because you're my friend you're my teammate and I'll do anything for you
0: I think the teamwork thing is appropriate, and I think it's applicable, and a lot of times Entrepreneurs and business owners forget that because we think of ourselves as lone wolves and solopreneurs. And what I've learned, especially in the e commerce world, is that I am so much more powerful with the community around me. It doesn't mean that I have to be business partners with everybody. It doesn't mean that I have to share all my industry secrets and research with everybody. But just surrounding myself with people that can help pull me up, encourage me, I can encourage them. They can keep me sane. They can hold me accountable. I can learn from them. They can learn from me. Like, That's amazing. We just got back a couple weeks ago from the Prosper Show in Vegas, and it was like meeting my family, right? These people I haven't seen in a year and a half or two years because of COVID, you know, because they really are that important to me and to my business. So one of the biggest struggles that uh, especially new entrepreneurs have is, you know, the struggles, the problems like business is not always easy right? And there's always things that are going to pop up and you have to be tenacious. You have to be, you have to be tough. You have to learn how to overcome that adversity and not give up. Because if you go through those times, those challenges, and you survive on the back end of them, and you take those lessons and apply them going forward. It makes you much, much more powerful. I know that professional athletes have a lot to say about overcoming adversity. What can you tell us about how rugby has taught you to overcome adversity and what are some of those lessons that you can share with us
2: yeah i mean resilience is one of the big words that, that you learn through rugby uh i had a pretty tough situation when i was back in 2014 i think i uh, broke my knee one game it was pretty much the end of the season i had my ligaments broken two ligaments off uh i remember it as if what as i if, as if it was today getting hit, trying to stand up on my knee, just going everywhere, right? And uh, I called the doctor. The doctor was a guy that I knew for a long period of time and that he always tried to keep you pushing. Uh, So I told him, hey, strap my knee right away. Get it strapped, so I can keep going. He looked at me and he said, no, I mean, not this time. I was like, "What? what do you mean not this time? Go ahead, strap it. I want to keep going like, ah, I don't think this is going to be, let's not do it today. Then after two or three times that he repeated that, I started to realize that something was really wrong, right? To, I mean, to make it a bit shorter, I had to go through surgery. Um, No other way. Uh, uh, My position, uh, I'm one of the quick guys, should be one of the quickest of the team. Uh, a knee surgery can mean that you are not getting back in shape, it can mean lots of things. So, yes, I questioned myself what's at the end? Uh, am I going to be able to come back to my uh, standards, let's say, to my, to my level? So, I remember a couple of things that drove me and that uh, helped me during that time. Uh, the first thing was that. Um, we knew the um, fixture for the next season that was coming. And our first game was, um, we were playing against one of the best teams back home, and I was like, I don't want to miss this game. Uh, I need to do anything to, to make it. So I started counting the days, and uh, it ended up that, because uh, you get you know exhibition games to prepare before the actual first game of the season, right? uh so we had three exhibition games before that at first game and um i counted up it was five months and one week it's like okay that's pretty bad uh i asked the surgeon how, how long do i need to uh to come back to recover fully recovered he said between six to eight months i've never seen it done in less than six. so i went to my coach and uh a guy that i appreciate very much and i a great guy and great coach, and told him, "Hey, I mean, I'm in this situation. I want to play the first game. I don't want to miss it." Uh, by that time, I was, I never had trouble to play in the first in the team. Uh, I was one of the best, I would say. Uh, so, do, how many exhibition games do you need me to play uh, to put me on that first game? Like, looked me in the eyes and said, "I need you to play all three. Come on, give me a break. I mean, uh, you know I can make it. Uh, you know I can be very good. Uh, let me play at least one exhibition game, and then uh, if you don't play all three, I won't put you in the first game. I was like, "Come on, I, I can't come back from an knee a knee surgery in five months." It's like, well, then you'll probably start a bit further down the line. So I, I had that thing in my head, that conviction, that. Um, that I don't know call it that mentality that helped me um, push it further uh, I kept doing as much as I could to, to get to that finish line and that finish line for me it was five months and one week uh, it's pretty moving to, to speak about it because uh, it was pretty tough right I, I knew that I only had that much time I had to do tons of, of things to get it done and probably uh, I wouldn't get it done ever because as my surgeon said that's probably never gonna happen took it step by step uh had a great physician I did everything I could I literally mean everything I mean uh, remember the guys telling your age you should be starting uh as soon as you can okay as soon as you can uh, let's start now what do you mean now? Yeah, you you just had surgery. Yeah, let's start now. Anyways, you said as I as soon as I can, I can now. Uh, the, the good thing about the story is that five months and one week uh, after my surgery, I, I was getting ready to play, and I actually played for ten minutes. Uh, the coach didn't say how how long should I be playing on the first game, uh, so ten minutes was more than enough for me. <laughs> I got 10 minutes on the first game, 60 on the second, played the whole whole game, uh, the third friendly game, and then the first game of the season, the good thing about the story is that I actually played the whole game, Uh, which shows you that if you're willing to do what it takes, uh, and you put chances on your side, you give yourself that Uh, More possibilities, uh, you can get it done. And I think that that shows you a lot of what you can do also on the business side.
0: So, going back to business, you touched on something that I want to come back to. And that is that, you know, many of these semi pro athletes, you know, are not getting paid very much. They have a job, or a lot of even pro athletes start transitioning into some sort of secondary career because you can't be a pro athlete forever. Most people listening to this podcast are not or have not ever been professional athletes, right? But a lot of us started with a different career. We started doing something. We decided, hey, we want to start our own business. We want to start our own brand. We want to uh, create our own products. So there's a transition period from having the thing that paid our paychecks into the thing we wanted to do next. Can you talk about, and, and I will say this for all of you listening, I'm not just asking Luke's opinion here. He runs an incubator that does this. He works with dozens and dozens of professional athletes and semi-pro athletes that are doing this. So his advice is going to be coming from a large sampling, not just himself. But Lucas, tell us about the, the balance that it takes between your primary career and your fledgling, your oncoming second career. How do you balance your time and focus and priorities for what you need to be doing one or two years from now with what you have to be doing right now?
2: First thing I would say is, get started. I mean, there's no time to lose. Whatever you push forward in time, then you're a bit late. Uh, But then it's very interesting that you ask this question because I think you can juggle both things at the same time somehow. Um, And the same happens with with a regular job. I mean, you're working from 9 to 5. What are you doing the rest of the 16 hours you've got on the day? uh i mean there's always something else to do and uh it all comes back in my opinion uh and this is something we look for whenever we are uh approaching or a client approaches us i think it all comes back to passion and love if you do what you really like what you are really passionate about then you wouldn't mind spending time on it It wouldn't become a burden and you will do it happily. You'll probably do it a lot more effectively because you enjoy what you do. And that gives you an edge, which is huge. And for me, it's a must. Uh, I am thankful and very happy to be doing both of my passions at the same time. Uh, I don't think many people even find that. but I encourage everyone to, to, to search for that passion that it is somewhere out there. Just if you do what you like, what you really enjoy doing, you'll do it a lot better and you'll spend as much time as needed uh, to get it going. The biggest problems at the beginning with every entrepreneur uh, it comes back to funding, uh, It comes back to timing comes back to uh, finding the right people, and uh, if you're not willing to do the job yourself at the beginning, nobody's going to do it for you. Uh, as you said, having a business, uh, it's a one, it's a risk. We need to know that there's a risk for having a business. We just need to um, put the chances on our side and try to lower that risk as much as we can. And then having a business, uh, it means that you need to put effort into it. You need to get it running. You need to do lots and lots of things. You need to run your team. And uh, that takes time. That means that takes effort, work, uh, so work ethics, uh, that mentality of getting things done. And, um, yeah, that's that's what we look for in an entrepreneur, in a guy that's running a startup, running a company, that would like to work with us, um, we will always look for those values, those attributes, whenever we decide to work with someone.
0: So tell me now about Unicorn, which is your startup incubator. I know that it's actually, the, the concept is not new, but the business itself is very new, but it's growing very, very rapidly. Just give me a brief intro to what that is, and then I'll have a few questions to kind of to follow up on that.
2: Sure. Basically, we are a startup incubator accelerator. So we come from the digital marketing space. Uh, Our founder has been doing it for 28 years. And uh, that's our main focus. So we run customer acquisition campaigns. We do uh, article syndication, SEO, ASO. uh, We deal with investors, uh, funding rounds. Basically, uh, support and help grow uh, businesses. We we take the startup word as the the American way, so you pretty much know that concept probably. So we for us a startup is not just an idea in our heads. A startup is actually uh, something running. So you've got uh, proof of concept, a couple clients, and uh, you've convinced uh, at least your grandmother to invest in your business, if it, even if it's a hundred bucks. Uh, that shows that you are in in a, a further step down the line. Uh, and not just, yes, I have this brilliant idea. Okay, well, uh, in, on our side, we're I would say not interested. There's lots of incubators or people that are willing to help you with that. It's not just our business model. We are up further step down the line because we think that what we do, what we bring to the table whenever we invest ourselves and we help you out, uh, doesn't have an impact if you are not on that stage yet. And that's one of the key questions that's that, that we ask ourselves whenever we decide to work with someone is what are we bringing to the table? What are we doing for this client in order to uh, accelerate them to, in order to make them uh, grow? What's our added value to this uh, relationship?
0: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Where do you think the importance is in digital marketing, right? Cause you're talking about, um, you know starting this with a founder that is heavily involved in digital marketing do you think this would have been possible without that experience do you think that's very important for any businesses in today's you know environment
2: well yeah i mean internet's been there for like 28 years and uh it's growing every every single day and nothing happens without digital marketing today actually you you guys at the ambn show speak a lot about uh, e-commerce shows that digital marketing's key to success right and uh we have a, a different focus maybe uh for our campaigns we do have um very good aso and seo uh organic traffic resources uh we think that um people are already searching for things out there well let's get let's get our content searched for uh, let's get organic fuse, uh, let's get those eyeball, eyeballs. At the end of the day, it all comes uh, how many people have seen my stuff. Um, then it all comes back to funnel, you, you start dropping people in, uh, and you know your conver- conversion rates, and then you, you just try to take the friction away uh, with, with the tests, with, with, with what's going on. Uh, into the actual deal, and that's that, that's how we see it. Um, so yeah, back to the question: Digital marketing today is crucial to success in every single business, even though some people don't uh, face it yet or don't really invest themselves into. And uh, one of the things that we like to say a lot is not about um, how am I going to do it, but it's about who. So who is the appropriate person or business or company to do this? uh, Because there's pretty much always someone that's more qualified or that knows what they're doing. So let's let's try to find those experts.
0: Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think that there are so many lessons that we can take from this episode from, you, you know, the power of digital marketing in a world that might not immediately seem heavily online. I think that there's interesting takeaways from this episode about just physical characteristics and traits of of humans that are successful right tenacity the willing to get back up whether your knee was smashed or whether you know you had a business fail in the past you know you have to get up and keep going um i like what you said about life being short right like the the way that you balance your current gig or career with the one that you want to be in is understanding that there's not a lot of time. Like our life is fairly short. You got to get started right now, even if it's just a little bit. and Anything worth having is going to be hard. You know, it's not going to be simple. We're gonna have to spend those extra hours, maybe give up some other luxuries and just go after it, right? Sure, I mean,
2: I think that, that's one of the most important things to know. It doesn't come easy. Because if you accept that fact at the beginning, before you actually start and you dive into, you know what you expect. You know what you are running into and uh, you'll be ready. The worst thing that, that that can happen is, and we've met people like that, that, oh, it's so hard to run my business. Well, then you're not in the right sector. You're not doing what you should be doing because you're not meant to be running a business. It's not uh, for everyone. And uh, the people that are trying to, uh, to be entrepreneurs and to that are diving into the business world on that, on that side should know that there's a big risk there's lots of work to do. And uh, once you accept that fact, then you're a lot more prepared to to dive into and get it it done.
0: Well, we're coming up on the end of our time. We need to go ahead and wrap it up. But, hey, I appreciate you being online and willing to share uh, some of your experience and some of your stories. I think that, you know, even though I said most of our listeners are not professional athletes, I think that everybody understands that we all as humans – have a lot of the same needs and characteristics and wants and priorities and I think it's exceptionally interesting to talk to somebody who is figuring out that balance from one career to another not just yourself but others so if someone wanted to find out more about your incubator they could probably go to the what's the website yeah
2: it's unicornincubator.com unicorn is written with a q instead of a c really difference
0: yeah so it's u n i q o r n right unicorn with a q incubator.com so if any of you are interested go ahead and check that out i think it's pretty cool stuff that's going on and thank you lucas for being on before we uh before we sign off are there any last words of wisdom you want to drop
2: not really tim i would like to thank you for your time too to being on the show and just encourage people to to go ahead and, and do it like just accept the challenge uh as i said uh one of the things that drives me is the challenge the adventure uh being part of that big thing but that big picture is what keeps you going and uh go ahead
0: awesome well thank you again so much for being on thank you all for listening make sure to share this if you found any value in it give us a thumbs up if you're watching on youtube a review if you're listening on a podcast channel and we will see you guys on the next episode